Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music Studios, out of Rock Conkama. Jimmy, I just got back Yo. from vacation from your land in Florida. How you doing, buddy? Good. How'd you like my uh, homeland? How'd it work it out nice. for you? It's so nice. Nice. Reminds me, you know, it's funny, Jimmy, it reminds me of Mike Mantor when he used to say, how could you be angry when you get out of your house and it's... 80 degrees out, you know, and it was it was beautiful out there, man. Well, I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse, but I managed to wake up angry. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> I guess I still have New York. I th- <laughs> He's laughing. It's not funny. I wish I could fix it. No, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I love it here. I'm blessed. Got the perfect woman with the perfect weather. I can't really complain. I got some nerve, nerve complaining. You got a little bit of nerve, oh, okay. man. You got a gorgeous woman, intelligent woman, and you're living in Florida. Who could beat it, right? Yeah. Let, let's ask Joe yeah, what a no, day. I what do you think of that? You think Jimmy's telling the truth, Joe? Uh, well, I guess not. <laughs> well, you know, there's a, there's an old saying, consider the source, so I'm not going to take this too personally. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm excited for our guest uh, today. Um, first of all, the guy's got the probably the best name in the history of names, man. Lee Walker III. Do you think you could – are you able to, like, okay. sell names? Like, like I'll give him Mike Monty and I'll take Lee Walker III. You know, that might be an idea. I could actually see that, you know, being something that becomes – why not? 
I mean, think about it. Do you ever wonder what's in the name? And then you start realizing the famous people and their names. Ozzy Osbourne? Mm, yeah. My God, what a what a tag, right? What a tag. James Douglas Morrison. Mm. Winston Lennon. Mm. And then you got my name. Jimmy, Jimmy Farrow's Farrow. a good name. What the Jimmy Farrow's a that? good name. I think, I think I'd rather have Middle Lee Walker III, though. Like, Lee Walker III's like... You're in Star Wars. I almost feel like the guy's from Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could. Why not? Chewie! <laughs> anyway. Why not? Before we introduce Lee, the, some really impressive stuff, and he'll be able to tell his story a little bit. But, you know, G- Lee is does a podcast, right, uh, Perched on a Top Rope. And the thing that's very impressive yeah. about it is he's, he's – um, He's ranking on the audio version of his show anywhere from number one to number four daily. Um, right. He's up against guys like, you know, Kevin right. Nash, uh, you know, Busted Open Radio. But forget, you know, Jim Cornette. Forget about all that. Cool. Those guys have right. distribu- distributors. You know what I'm saying? That, that push their, their content, Right. Um, I think Conrad is a distributor. There's, you know, there's other, right. there's other sources. You know, again, Busted Open Radio has Sirius XM. You can't have a bigger distributor of your material than that. And this dude right. is ranking. Right. He's beating them all. It's amazing. And I, I, I really, nice. I, I got to listen to his story. Right. It's, it's pretty impressive. All right, we're going to bring him in. Lee! Welcome to Long Island's well, number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty DeFaro. How are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm doing great, guys. Uh, nice. Listening to that. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> I, I, uh, I would probably say my whole life I've either heard about Star Wars or Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. Those have been the biggest. Those have been the two biggest. Okay. But uh, you know, like Million Dollar Man, you're in good company either way. Everybody's got a price if you want to buy my name. It's t- <laughs> dude. I think you could you get laid just because your name is Lee Walker the Third. It's like it doesn't matter. It's like oh, I gotta have a sex with uh, Lee Walker the Third. It's 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 just mandatory in a woman's life. What are you thinking? Yeah, but you know you know what though? If you've been Lee Walker the second, it doesn't have quite the same ring. No. So yeah, that's Lee really Walker good, Jimmy. Third, I agree. Get, Lee Walker Junior tonight for sure. Lee yeah. Walker Junior doesn't have the same flavor. Lee Walker the second. No. Lee Walker the no. third. That is bad. Ass. Right. 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 Exactly. All right. Thoroughly right. lathered in your name, Lee. I just wanted to say, Mike, as far as reading his resume before he came on, you know what the bottom line is? Yeah, sure, these guys have the big distributors, and yeah, sure, some of them were famous wrestlers, yada, yada, yada. Here's the deal with Lee, and here's the deal with anybody who has it. Lee's good. People like good. Mm. They want to hear something, then feel like they've learned something, and they're entertained at the same time. He's good at what he does. Good is good. Keep being good, bro. That's the bottom line. This is my, my, my two cents. Thank you. All right, well. Before we get into Mr. Walker, I want to hit some news items. I'm going to ask for both of you guys to weigh in and give me your Uh-oh. thoughts. Lee, are you ready? Uh-oh. Are you ready for Uh-oh. this? I don't know if you're Uh-oh. even ready for this. Whoa. We're about to find out. Whoa. We're going to find out if I am or not. Damn straight. Let's do it. Like that. 
Mouthwash recalled nationwide over poison risk. Brand of hydrogen peroxide mouthwash is being recalled nationwide for posing a potential poisoning at the risk of children. What do you think about the U.S. government selling poison mouthwash? Pharaoh? First of all, anything that says hydrogen peroxide on it, I'm putting that in my mouth? I'm not even forcing my ass with that. What are you talking about? Why the hell would you buy that place? I didn't I'm even know hydrogen confused. peroxide was mouthwash. Lee, what are you thinking about that? Don't brush your teeth. You don't have a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, well, he, yeah, no. he is he is chiming in from a, new, a neutral site, so we're safe as far as don't brush your teeth goes. Go ahead. I'm, wow. I'm from, a, I'm from up north in New York, so the, the no brushing your teeth is more common than brushing. Oof. And no teeth wow. in your mouth. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Not good. Not good. I don't, you know, listen. I don't think you expected that. No, I didn't. And But kudos to you, Lee, because if you don't brush your teeth, still having the name Lee Walker III, you're still getting laid, yeah. and that's a good deal. <laughs> and you're not getting poisoned. That's yeah, it. Check out this gap, lady. All right, guys. <laughs> Oklahoma great-grandmother right, celebrates ridiculous. her 25th ridiculous. birthday. A 100-year-old Oklahoma woman is celebrating her 25th birthday Thursday after being born on Leap Day in 1924. Mary Forsyth was recognized by Oklahoma and the city of Sand Springs issued a proclamation marking her 100th birthday, but Forsyth has only had her February 29th birthday roll around every four years. Lee, you could jump in on this one. How do you feel about being 29-year-old grandmother, great-grandmother? You know what? Good for her. I hope she goes out, has a beer, and meets a nice young gentleman, and he takes her on a nice stroll. Here's my question to you. So obviously she's of age now, but if we go back... One, two... If we go back... Five years, she's not legal age to drink, is she? Oh, no. Actually, 12 years. You go back 12 years ago, she wouldn't have been legally, right? Legally, she's not allowed to drink. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, that's got to be the right math. I'll so even though she's that. 80 years old, she's not allowed to drink. Is that true, Jimmy? Mike, do you have any idea how lousy she's going to look at the age of 300 at this rate? <laughs> Boom. I mean, you want to talk numbers. I mean, ugh, ugh. it's a problem. But happy birthday anyway. Goes for a stroll. Wow, that sounds like a hot date. Oh, my wow. God. Wow, you're just roughing people up. I'd like to thank the band ah, that sings a theme song for Monte DeFaro and Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. Make up the band Wisteria Hall. Catch Wisteria Hall songs on as such as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind. Here comes the rain. Jimmy, you got to forgive me. I took a week off. I... Lost my memory on the script already. Uh, you can find their music got all on the, songs. the Wisteria Hall YouTube page. Hit that like and subscribe. Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music, Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler and broadcast, Monty DeFaro. Catch us on the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, Facebook Live page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV, and Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. and Channel 20 on Tuesdays at... 7 p.m. where you'll get the reduced 
version of Lee. You can also catch us on the Intuitive Network. Uh, that's I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E. We'll be right back where we're going to get into it with the world's number one host. Am I saying this right? Podcaster in the United States at least eight months running. We'll be right back with the great Lee Walker the third. Sir, ah. Manscaped. Uh huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. <laughs> I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped. What are you thinking about Manscaped, dude? You love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way: <laughs> the only hair I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. That is it. <laughs> that's all. That's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the so pit. Manscaped is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man. It's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we... As men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to uh, go do a deed on a woman, I know would you rather ha- her be hairless or a little hair, racing stripe, or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush? <laughs> racing well, stripe. Retro bush is out. Yes, thank you. Retro bush is out. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a small, well-manicured landing strip. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's completely, and I'm talking like baby's ass bald, then I, I start, where is that pedophilia line that I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not. Like blinking lights on both sides of that plane? I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that as gotcha. well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, look but what you found. Ooh. I got to be all honest, gotcha. though. Hey, the, ah. the, the older I get, though, I don't, I think, I don't think I can be as... Uh, <laughs> I as, found as, it! Ha- I found have it! Have you ever gone down there and, like, just, like, you, she slowly brings down the underwear, then... What is it? Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro? You're like, whoa! Wow, yeah, like a 46. Like it pops out? Do you, like, walk out, or what do you do? No, I, tr- I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> current. You're a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> got to give him an yeah, not all Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I listen. Can't, I couldn't. I Super couldn't Bush. Say, I couldn't say. Well, if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely, the weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to like you know go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like '70s adult films. If that's what you're getting, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, we're gonna take a quick Batman. commercial break and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a drop kick second. A uh, drop kick. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. Uh, Jimmy, our producer has just been taken out of the studio. I didn't realize that he was also on rent here. <laughs> oh, great. 
he went along willingly, or they just clubbed him over the head and threw him in a box and put a stamp on it? I, they, I have no idea. He's gone, though. Lee, welcome. Wow. Let's get started with this mess, my friend. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So let me ask you. Here you are, this guy, and obviously, you know, you got into wrestling, and I want to ask you about that. But how does it feel when you look at these charts every day and realize that you're, you're number one for most of, like, most of the time? How, how humbling is that? So when I first found out what, the char- what Chartable was and all of that, I was 2018. Now, mind you, I'd already been podcasting for three years because my very first interviews in wrestling were in person with Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Sammy Callahan, as he just left NXT as Solomon Crow, uh, Johnny Wrestling, Candice LeRae, Eddie Edwards, and Havoc were literally my first interviews and they were at the first wrestling show. It was December 7th, 2015. It was 2CW in Syracuse, New York. It was their final show. AJ Styles was there too, two months before debuting in the Royal Rumble. So those were literally my first interviews. And I mean, I just listed off some of the biggest names in wrestling. And that's I did that for I Heart of Swiggo, which is a local uh, news company. And I knew I wanted to get into wrestling. And interview after interview after interview, 2018, someone, I can't even remember who it was, someone messages me and goes, hey, you know you're on Chartable? And I'm like, what's that? Literally, I had no idea. No idea what it was. So I saw it and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. There's like a ranking system. I didn't, I didn't know podcasts, honestly, were that big where they're, they're ranked. So basically from 2018 on, I, like, I had a focus and a goal, which was I wanted to hit number one, one time. Didn't care when it happened, whenever. I did give myself a limit. I told myself if it didn't happen by 40, I would quit. I would stop podcasting. I'm 39, so I, I just barely made it. Um, but it's been a really, really interesting uh, ride. It's to, to when I first woke up that day, I had watched myself go from like 70 to 20 on the charts. And that's when I had interviewed AEW's Lance Archer. NWA came and asked me to interview Samantha Starr. She had told me that in that interview, they were already filming for a year for a reality show. That jumped me up even higher because the dirt sheets were talking about that particular spot in the interview with her. So after that, I jumped past the top 20. And then after that, I was just like, all right, For me, interviews are what shows do the best. It's what fans want to hear. So I just start banging out interview after interview after interview after interview after interview after interview. And that's not even the worst part. The worst part comes when you talk about the distribution. That's when it becomes the worst part. But as far as humbling, I'm not ashamed to admit I definitely cried when I saw it. 
because like that was the whole goal that was the whole purpose of me doing this otherwise i'm just a wrestling collector of action figures and occasionally like ring worn gear or like this this is actually the aew dynamite commentary uh table piece before they switched to the leds with the tvs so when i saw it i cried i was happy excited ecstatic I don't like social media using it on my own personal, but like I tweeted about it and like right away got a, a, a follow from like Eric Bischoff and, and he tweeted at me and DM me and stuff like that, which was really cool. Um, and then other, other than that, I just kept plugging away, trying to book more and more interviews. So it's cool once you're there, but to stay there, is the hardest part when you're just like a little independent guy from Oswego, New York. Now, look, me and Jimmy, we're, you know, we're all about competition, right? How about you? Do you mm-hmm. look at this as a competition? Do you, you, do, do, do you want to beat the other shows out there? Or is it just, you know, you're happy to be in the spot you are? I would say I definitely had the mentality of competition at first. Um, I have to work a lot harder than I would say anyone that's at least in the top 15, top 20. A guy like Kevin Nash just goes on, does his show. Everyone else does everything for him. Mm. You know, I met, I used to have other people, you know, Everybody walked away, and the the thing I, I I I look at that as is if you have nothing invested in it, you don't care. That's what I had. I had one one good person. His name was Alex. He was a, a tremendous help with audio editing, video editing, uh, helping on the distribution side. But I also had to a fight here and there with him over doing things in a timely fashion, getting things done because you can only sit on an interview for so long. And if someone else interviews him and gets that content out and you have the oh, same yeah. content, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I, I would say that you guys also know that I, I'm a very uh, fair person with stuff like that. When I had Brett Azar for season one of his show, uh, I contacted you guys. I was like, Hey, would you like to have Brett Azar come on your show? Mm-hmm. You know, just little things like that. Like I, I've, I viewed it as competition with those bigger shows because, like I said, the bigger talents don't have to do as much. Where guys like me, guys like you, we have a lot more to handle in these aspects of doing these shows. So. As far as competition, yeah, with the bigger guys. I like working with podcasts, though. Like, I, you know, I, I gave, I, I sent Brett over with you guys. I even sent Brett Azar over with Hannibal TV. Um, I like to work with people. You know, I, I it, it's a, there's so many podcasts out there nowadays. 
you have to work together in some aspects, I feel like. And I do that a lot. And that's like one of my favorite things to do is work with other podcasts because that helps bring their fans to your show. Your fans can go to their show and vice versa. I feel like it's a mutual benefit. Jimmy, that might be the problem. I don't, I don't play well in the sandbox. (laughs) You play in the sandbox. I I throw in rocks at the people in the sandbox. (laughs) What are you talking about? Oh my God. I didn't even realize you were in the sandbox. Was that you trying to pull me out of the sandbox over here? Over here. Okay. All right. All right. At least now I know how to play the game. Lee, uh, obviously you went into this loving wrestling. Now that you've done it and you've had this level of success, do you love wrestling more? Or I, I look, we've had all these experiences with so many different wrestlers, and some could be great, and some can actually, you know, make you reevaluate why you started this in the first place. Where are you at with your love for wrestling now compared to when you first started? As a collector. I could almost tell you it's like an all-time high. As far as watching it and loving it, it's low, to be honest with you. It's not where it used to be. Very interesting. I don't. I hear you. Um, you, you, you. It goes in spurts, I would say. You know, when wrestling is bad, as a fan, you're like, oh, this sucks. When it's good, you're like, oh, it's great. As you can see, like I, my shirt says, just a boy who loves WWE. I love all wrestling. And some wrestling's good, some wrestling's bad. But unfortunately uh, for me, when I'm, I'm literally at my computer, by the time I get out of work at 3.30, I'm sitting at this computer from like 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if I do interviews on the weekend, I spend all day Sunday like – doing editing and things like that for a whole week. So I don't get to watch wrestling like I used to. And I really think that's the problem. I think that's why I'm having an issue with it being low right now. Mm. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Listen, Lee, unfortunately, in the last few days, we lost a couple of legends. I wanted to get your thoughts on them. First of all, Ole Anderson, obviously a legend from back in the day, especially during the time Mike and I were watching it on uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling and all those other places that Ole apparently tortured everybody behind the scenes because, you know, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but my Lord, from what we've heard about Ole, oh boy. Anyway, Ole Anderson, and this one really stung for me. Uh, Virgil passed away at the age of 61, the million-dollar man's, at one point, right-hand man who took the million-dollar title away from him at SummerSlam back in the day. Uh Your thoughts on Ole Anderson and Virgil, please. Lee, before you answer that, I just got to say one thing to Jimmy. Jimmy, I was in shock that Virgil was only 61. Like when he was in studio, was it three years ago? I thought he was in his his 70s already. And now I find out the guy is literally like four years older than us, man. This is not not holding well. He was... He was guy, he was the guy in twelfth grade taking our lunch money. This is not good. It's too close to the fire, bro. I'm not liking it at all. It flipped me out. It really did. It bothered me because we've now hit handfuls. Unfortunately, Lee, we've now hit handfuls of guys who've passed away that we interviewed. 
So if I can I get your thoughts on uh, Ole and of course our buddy Virgil. Honestly, I'll start with Virgil first because that one for me stung more. Uh, Mike's in my phone. Uh, we've done a bunch of interviews together. I did a private signing with him once, and that one stung. Um, I'm someone who, you know, doesn't take phone numbers out of my phone when someone passes away, and uh, w- whether. Mike Jones's phone number was the same from 2020 from, you know, as of right now, if it's not, it's still going to stay in my phone. I won't, I won't take it out. Um, You know, Virgil was a funny guy. And I think, I don't know if I'm bothered. I'd say I'm bothered by it. Like Sean Ross Sapp, on Virgil's death, like posted his interview with him saying it was his worst interview of all time. And really we're supposed to be more mourning or depending on how you are celebrating the life of Michael Jones. And really I felt like it was more of like a mockery by, by posting that. Um, Anyways, Lee, real quick then, would you think me posting a video of, Part of the interview talking about the size of his wiener, would that be a mockery? Because then I think I screwed up. No, wait a like, minute. He was my... very. He was. A mockery? What? Go ahead, Lee. No, because uh, no, like in my interview with him, and I even uh, posted it uh, yesterday as like a, a, a memory, because like I, I put in the 10 bell salute and everything, and. Uh, in my interview, he's talking about signing titties. Yeah, you know, so like, <laughs> that, but like that was Vir- like it's how Virgil talked. So like, I'm not gonna like edit it and make it not like how Virgil was. Like, fans want to remember Virgil for how he was, and like this is how he was in interviews. Like, it's that's that's what you know. He would. I did one interview with him, and he talked about coming out of his mom's womb with a nine-inch dick. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's how Virgil was, you know? And, and I had fun with the guy talking with him and everything like that, but that's how he was. So if you want to give fans that authentic Virgil experience, that's what I did. That's what you did. I don't see anything wrong with that. But, like, he posted it as, this was my worst interview of all time, ha, ha, ha. Mm. It's just you could have posted the good you parts know, of it, at least. When you look at Virgil's career, uh, you know, Jimmy and I spoke about this, and even when he was in studio, that guy was was front and center in some of the most important uh, events, or if you want to call them vignettes or whatever, in wrestling history, right? You got Friday night's main event where more than a Super Bowl watched or whatever, whatever that number was. He was part of the NWO, which was the, one of the biggest turns. Like he was involved, and his his career was long and important. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, uh, Andre Hogan, Macho Man, Warrior. You name the top talent. Virgil was right there alongside them. The Hart Foundation. You go to WCW. He's he's put in by far the greatest faction 
of all time with the New World Order. He even he got he had a spot in AEW. Mm. You know, like he got to do everything right. and work right. with the best of the business. You can't top that. All right, guys. Former WWE wrestler Billy Jack Haynes charged with murder after wife was found dead in the couple's home. Uh, the former wrestler uh, recently was arraigned in uh, Portland, Oregon this morning. He, uh, him and his lawyer claimed not guilty. Um, he's being charged with the murder in the second degree and an unlawful use of a weapon of the killing of his wife. Uh, Jimmy, you start this one off. Uh, now that it's starting to come out and Billy Jack has claimed not guilty, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that we were able to talk to Billy Jack several times and we kind of got a feel for him in person and, you know, even more so on phone conversations, look, I really think that if I'm his lawyer, just this is just my opinion, just knowing Billy Jack, what I know of him, which isn't much, let's be real, but still, a vibe is a vibe. And this was my vibe. Billy Jack is a sweet guy who's not all there at all, not even close to being all there, unless he's been working us this whole time for years and years. But it, you know what? I think we know what it feels like nowadays at this point together, Mike. So, no, I think he's way, way out there. And if I'm his lawyer, I'm heavily suggesting that, you know, we get the psychiatric evaluation here because I can't see Billy Jack going to jail at his age. I think he should be put someplace with lots of medicine and, and a room with a you can look at a tree or something because um, I think he's gone. And that's my take on it, you know. Did he kill her? Obviously, he must have killed her, you know. By the but way, I don't think he was all there. Before uh, Lee responds, Jimmy, I don't know if I told you this, but the wife's daughter uh, wrote the website and the page stating that Billy, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they heard our take on a mercy killing type of situation, and she claims that Billy right. abused... We were, well, hold up, Mike, real quick. Mike, real quick, we were exploring the possibility yes. of it. Right. We were not saying that this is what happened. Of course not. How can we know? Go no, ahead. we don't I'm know. Sorry. No, it's fine. Thank you for the clarity. But she claims yeah. that Billy Jack mistreated her mother for many, many years and weren't able to see her mother. She was quite, um, quite angry at our take. And again, right. we, we didn't okay. say that. Lee, your thoughts on the situation? Right. I met him uh, 2019 at uh, one of Bud Carson's shows. I was actually doing camera work for Bill Apter that day, which was uh, really cool. Um, he was kind of weird. like He was over in the corner, and then he just randomly got up and walked around and then looked at me and goes, you want a picture? And I was like, okay. Took a picture, and that was it. Mm. Um when you heard that it was a standoff and I mean, Hannibal TV was like live on YouTube, like reading off text messages or something. Um, I mean, I think it was pretty clear, you know, what happened. I would probably go on to say that uh, if the lawyer can stretch this long enough, Billy might not have to see any jail time and exactly what Pharaoh said. 
you can go in a room with four white padded walls and a window looking at a tree. What are, you, what are your thoughts about right. Hannibal, right? He was close friends with Billy Jack, right. um, or supposedly close friends. What do you think about the minute this starts happening, he's actually reading all this private information, I guess, that Billy was sharing with him. Do you think that's fair? I mean, I guess it depends on... Yeah, I mean, that's a... That's one you got to really think about. I mean, he texted it to him, so I mean, I mean, you could almost say, "Well, you know, it's my phone," but also if like there was stuff in those messages that could be used in this case, then that might not have been a good idea. You know what I mean? I mean, when do, yeah. when do you stop becoming okay? So, if you consider yourself a journalist, right, which we all certainly could. Um... I I can't, but you know, I'll call you and Jimmy journalists. Um, okay. If you consider yourself a journalist, I think you have the responsibility to share that information. But then again, if this is your friend, where do you draw the line? If it was really your friend, you probably wouldn't be posting it. Ah, I would say that's probably go. the best way to put it. If it was really yeah. your friend, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. It's a pretty good answer. Yeah. All right, let's yep. pile on Vince McMahon a little bit more. Vince McMahon fired. Hold on one second. Script is a little. Pile on this, Monty. Pile on. Yes. Let's, let's keep piling Fire. on. Former WWE Fire. writer claims Vince McMahon fired him for changing racial, a racially insensitive segment. A former WWE writer, Michael Lenardi, claims that the company fired him for changing his script against Vince McMahon's wishes. He joined them in 2001 and worked in an on-air promotion department in 2000, until 2005 before returning as a creative writer in 2015 and was fired in 2016. For years, I felt ashamed, and I replayed situations a thousand times over and over in my head trying to figure out what I could have done to not get fired. In light of everything going on, I just wanted to get off of my chest as I finally started to feel like maybe I didn't deserve to be fired. In the video he claimed he was fired by the company for, he altered a segment on Martha Luther King Day edition of Raw 2016. He admits it still bother, bothers him and wonders if he could have been done differently. Uh, in the segment featured Neville, Titus, O'Neill, R-Truth, and Mark Henry, who received the script on short notice. The script called for Neville to speak up and tell everyone else that he's got a dream too and that his dream is to win the Royal Rumble. And I remember Neville coming up to me and saying after he read it, he was like, I can't say this. Trying to compare a wrestler who wants to one day win the Royal Rumble to one of the most iconic speeches in American history about civil rights and how important it was to try and play that it was just dumb and was poor writing. He pointed out that he makes Neville appear weak and not a baby face. He claimed Truth, Henry, and O'Neill were all uncomfortable with this. Farrow? Boy, I love the timing of this. Very interesting. You might as well, like you said, pile on to Vince. Well, first of all, you work for Vince, okay? Can we can we clear that up right off the bat? You're working for Vince, okay? If he tells you to, to write something a certain way and you don't do it, you're fired! The end! 
We can't do that at our job, so what makes you think you can do it? Okay, first of all. Second of all, I love this. Let me see if I've got this right here, where it's just to try and play on something that is an iconic speech in American history about civil rights and how important it was to try to play on that is just dumb. Well, I guess that whole I'm a real American thing that they were selling to us back in the 80s on scripted wrestling was dumb. Well, it worked. I don't know this. I don't really don't get it. I mean, people just have such a hard time. Like, you know, where would this leave the, the where would this leave New Jack and Mustafa back in the Smoky Mountain days? I mean, are we that sensitive that we can't crack a, a freaking? I don't think it's that bad, quite honestly. And I got to be honest too, Mark. Mark, yeah, they'll probably all say it now, but I bet you they would have gone through with it. They would have all gone through with it if Vince wanted them to. I mean, Booker one time himself, Booker T dropped the N word on TV. Did we did we we flip out? I mean, it is what it is. I don't get crazy about this stuff. Well, apparently I do get crazy about this stuff, but what's the big deal? What is the big deal? And I love the timing of it. You know, I've, I've been thinking about it. And, uh, seems like this is a good time. To f Maybe I didn't I didn't deserve this. Ah, uh, come on. Do me a favor. Whatever we, you, whatever you do, don't give this guy any scratch to come on our show. Because now he's going to be looking to, with his hand out to get money from everybody so he can bitch about Vince McMahon. Whatever. What, what are your thoughts, Lee? Anybody remember Crime Time? When WWE.com yeah. when, when yeah. had to write a, a whole disclosure before they started airing the vignettes with WWE saying it was something along the lines of, uh, we are introducing new characters today. It is uh, going to be crime time. And uh, these jokes are uh, basically racially profiled, but in a Saturday Night Live type of joking. Blah, 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 yada, yada. Uh, they recognized right. that they were feeding on the stereotypes of crime time. They were feeding on stereotypes of African Americans. That's what all the vignettes were. You know, you had them stealing a bike, uh, robbing a grocery store, and you know, blacking out the camera, uh, all sorts of different stuff. There was no backlash to that. There was no like they, you know, uh, JTG and uh, Shad did their jobs. They, they, yeah. Their whole characters were based on stereotypes. I don't think I'm wrong saying that. They were based on stereotypes. No. Other vignettes were no. based on stereotypes. Right. Right. I mean, think about Eddie Guerrero. For God's sakes, he lies, he cheats, and he steals. Oh, uh, what? Uh, we going to get crazy pool. about that, too? You know, remember him, Chavo, cleaning that old lady's pool and they had all the chicks come over? Yeah, we're cleaning your pool, lady. You know, come on. Why is it not okay in wrestling to do the very same things that the television programs we all seem to love that have even less morals, basically? Why is it not okay with pro wrestling, Lee? I don't understand this. Why is pro wrestling open season for moral ground when it's scripted to begin with? You're watching a show. Help me out, Lee. I'm losing my mind here. No, that's all right, because you're not like, you know, no one complains about the uh, news that they do on Saturday Night Live when they get to write their own jokes for that. I don't like, I don't see the big deal because, in t like you said, in television programming, they're doing the same thing. Pro wrestling, on the other hand, I, I think where the issue becomes is the, uh, 
vast majority of the fans that are in pro wrestling, nothing against being fans in pro wrestling. Obviously, I'm a fan of pro wrestling. I have a show about it. Like, you guys have a show about it. We're, we're pro wrestling fans at the end of the day. But you have to look at, like, the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, the NHL. They don't have these issues. Why don't they have these issues? Because their sport doesn't have, you know, that you have the NHL, the NMLB, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Uh, as far as I know, the only professional women's side that's actually aired is women's basketball. But they're separate. We don't have that in wrestling. We have the men wrestlers, the women wrestlers. Uh, you have different racial profiles in wrestling. You have... Uh, non-binary, transgender, you have all the different from the LGBTQ community and so on and so forth. So when you start adding in the, the different mixes of different fans, whether you know, you're know you a feminist or uh, you know, you're uh, a jackass or you're an elephant, you know, you're red, blue, doesn't matter to me, um, you start mixing all those differences and then you know, add the difference in the, the, the wealth gap from uh, rich fans that you see all the time at the shows to the fans that can't afford to go to the shows. There, there's a big mix of fans in there. And we have all that in wrestling. Other sports generally don't have that. I think that's really the issue that we, that we have at hand. Wrestling is a, a different sport than all those other sports that I listed. That's why it's sports entertainment, but we have more fans. We have, there's more, different types of fans, I guess, is the way that I would, that I would put it. And you start mixing all those different types. The shit's going to stir and the shit stirred. By the way, we're speaking with the number one podcaster in the United States. When it comes to pro wrestling, Lee Walker, the third and his podcast is perched on the top rope. All right, guys. Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega respond to viral video of Maxine Dupree getting booed at a WWE live event. I'm going to play the video, and then let's have a little discussion. Their responses is, I really wish that some of you got booed and ridiculed in a public lie while being new at your job. Learning and getting better is all a part about being a human being. Be better as humans, the great Rhea Ripley says. SmackDown Zelina's Vega also commented, This is absolutely horrible. She doesn't deserve that. She's such a kind soul and works really hard. I would love if the bad parts of the biz don't harden her heart. They probably just mad because they can't drink your bath water, Maxine. I'm going to open this up. When did fucking pro wrestlers become so soft? Like, what happened? It's like the fans don't have a right to boo. I mean... What are we doing here? Lee? Do I get, do I get to follow that up? Because Go ahead. I would love it. You know what? Mike, do me, do me a deal here. Let me see if you can get this arranged for me because you're a powerful dude. You can get things done. Do this for me. I'm going to go into work tomorrow, okay? But here's the key. 
You got to give me their salaries over at the WWE for the day, all right? They are more than welcome to boo me when I grade that coin a little bit wrong. Boo the crap out of me, okay? Because you're a public figure. You're a public figure. And what's worse is you're a public sports entertainment figure and you think that getting booed is a problem? Go through what what we go through? Nobody's going to boo us at work. We're not getting paid what you get paid. What the frig? And yeah, soft. Okay, you're defending your co-worker. I get it. But you know what? you got to know that you're talking to your meal ticket. Where's your freaking meal ticket? And if we think you suck, we're going to boo you. And when you get better, and hopefully you do get better, one day you might have that holy shit match and we'll cheer you. And you'll feel better about yourself than you ever have before because to risk it, you got to get that biscuit. You gotta, you gotta get out there and do it. So what are you bitching about? You got a blessed charm life. Somebody said you suck. Get over it. And not only Max, that, Maxine night. is smoking hot. What does she care what a bunch of friggin' nerd wrestling what? fans think of her? Who cares? I mean, seriously, <laughs> stop it already. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So she got to the back and she was like, "I'm hot. Fuck them." Yeah. Really? Exactly! Wow. I'm smoking. Wow. That guy wow. who's booing me looked like Benny Scala from Dan and Benny in the Ring. Oh. Who cares? Oh. <laughs> I, I just realized this is how I get through, this is how I get through life. I'm hot. Okay, I get it. All right. Lee, there I don't know how you can follow that up, but please please do. Oy. That's gonna be pretty hard to follow, but I'm gonna give it a try. Listen. If that was me getting get, getting booed like that, you know what I'd be doing? I would use that booing as motivation to get better. You, you don't want to be yes. booed? You work your ass off. Get better. Show your worth. Show us that we don't want to boo you. Show us that we want to cheer for you. Show us that we want to start chanting, holy shit, holy shit, while you're doing some crazy move off the top rope. Uh, to, to, to be honest, like... I can understand to a certain degree if it was like maybe one individual, like the entire match where that one person was all you could hear. Okay, maybe that might be a little much. But if you got like multiple people doing it, it should be assigned to you. Yeah, it's your first, you're new to the job. Guess what happens when I'm new to the job and I mess up? I get hollered at, I get yelled at, I get disciplined, I, I get talked down to. I get treated like trash. You could, you know what she's going to do? She's going to go get a manicure that's going to be more than like my one week's paycheck. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? It's like, what are we doing? But again, there's therapy. There's why therapy. If, if why are we blurring the lines? Oh, Rhea Ripley's a heel. Like, why oh, are you protecting your coworker? It's like enough already. This is insanity. Because Michael... Michael, you don't understand what it's like to be a wrestler. God, I feel like Boomer Esiason right now. You don't understand what it's like, Mike. You just can't. You can't understand it. Even though you had how many combat toys? Doesn't matter. You don't get it. Ugh. Ugh. So speaking of Rhea Ripley, Eric Bischoff, who you mentioned earlier, Lee, uh, discussed on his show in 83 weeks that he thought Rhea Ripley did not have the talent to be a big-time superstar. Obviously, he's now corrected himself. But I'll start off with Lee on this one, Jimmy. 
Does that yeah. make you wonder if 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 Eric Bischoff, who ran WCW, couldn't see the talent in Rhea Ripley in the beginning, does that show you that really Eric Bischoff just really doesn't know the industry? I would say in all fairness, I can't base it off of just like one like that. Um, obviously, he, you know, he. the show is called 83 Weeks because it's, it's been the only time, you know, we've seen where WWE has been beaten in ratings by another company. Um, it's really hard to base it off of just like him not catching one person, I would say. Um, it's a big miss, uh, I, I would say. But I think if he went back and looked and say maybe in her early NXT days, that could be a fair assessment. It's a completely different look. But if, depending on when he was basing it off of, if she already had that goth look and stuff like that, it's a total drop on his end. But I can't base it off of just one person. Uh, if there was multiple that he did that and corrected, I would say, okay, yeah, something's not right here, that he's missing the ball a lot. But just for one, I, I can't base it off of one, but I, I would say it's a pretty big miss. Pretty big miss. Jimmy. Jimmy's frozen. All right. Well, he'll bounce back in a minute. Oh, he's back. Okay. What's that, Jimmy? All right. If you guys can hear me, if you guys can hear me, making sure we were good over on my end. Um, Bischoff is interesting. Bischoff between Bischoff and Vince McMahon. Okay. Bischoff never was a groomer of of a fresh product straight out of a of a of a power plant for the most part. If you look at his body of work, it was Kevin Sullivan coming up to Hogan Hall and Nash and getting Hogan to turn you off. He always was capitalizing on bringing in other stars from other companies who were already established. All right. The difference between him and Vince is Vince sees someone and sees what they could be, not just what they are, what they could be with what they have. All right. So to me, and I do agree with Lee, it was probably an early assessment of Rhea, who's completely different than she is. The Rhea we see today, I'm sure Vince had quite a bit to do with that over the course of time, because Vince sees these things. Yeah, uh, Bischoff might be a genius in certain aspects. All right, Jimmy's internet's struggling. All right, um, once he bounces back in here. All right, guys. So we're discussing this. Um, we're gonna play something called. We're gonna do called the Smoke Show, right? We're gonna we're gonna see our judgment of talent. Um, see how good we are compared to an Eric Bischoff. So the way it's gonna work is I'm gonna throw two competitors up there. They're judged purely on their looks, nothing else. No mic skills, no wrestling skills, just purely on their looks. We're going to play the role of Eric Bischoff. I'm going to go to each of you. If uh, the majority wins, that contestant will continue on. 
So the first picture, we'll start with you first, Lee. Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm. Who are you going with? Rhea Ripley. Jimmy? Rhea. I'm going with Rhea, too. Let's move her on. Let's get this switched over. There you go. Rhea Ripley or Becky Lynch? Jimmy? Purely on looks. Rhea. Going with Rhea. Rhea. Lee? Still with Rhea. Lee, why are you still hanging in there with Leah? Rhea? I mean, we're we're solely going based off looks, right? She, so far, everyone we've put her up against. I mean, even though it's a side view, she looks more athletic from from the standpoint. And, and plus, so far, like in my opinion, the goth look in, with women in wrestling is a completely different look because a lot of the women really just look the same. How about you, Jimmy? Rhea's just a badass. In those two pictures, I really don't think there's much of a comparison. Very imposing. So it works for me. I, I see the potential power already in her. So All right. that's about we'll it go, for we'll that. Go with you on this one, Jimmy. Rhea Ripley or Nia Jax? Rhea. Lee? Rhea, Nia looks like a grandma there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rhea. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's no contest. No contest so far. So far, Rhea's taking it, Mike. All right. Lee, Rhea or Charlotte Flair? Still Rhea. Wow. Jimmy? Charlotte. Ooh, we got to – it's up to me to make that, that, that chain, that, uh, that breaker. I'm going with Charlotte, too. We're going to carry Charlotte on. Yeah. I'm going with Charlotte. Uh, if, Mike, if I, if I can explain, even though Rhea looks more imposing, there's, this is going to sound a little strange, but I do this with all athletes. I look in their eyes. I always do that. I always do that when I'm watching a regular, you know, sport, whatever it is, and I look in their eyes to see where they're at, and I can usually tell. It is the uh, window to the soul. Uh, Charlotte just reeks of confidence, and I'm the shit factor, and she is the shit. So that's my uh, why I chose Charlotte in that particular. If I was having to choose, not knowing about either of them. All right, fair enough. And you know how I feel about Charlotte Flair, but it it was close for me. All right. Okay. okay. Jimmy, Charlotte Flair yeah. or Wendy Richter? Oh, Charlotte. Not not even close. And you know what's funny? Wendy Richter was the stu was the. Uh, was the number one of her day. My God, Mike, it's fair to say, right? She was more popular than some of the men. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Lee, who are you yeah. going with, no, Wendy well, or Charlotte? I'm going with Charlotte. All right. Charlotte's moving on. All right. Jimmy, this is a tough one for yeah. you. Wendy Richter right. or Velvet McIntyre? <laughs> well, first of all, where is her toes? First of all. All right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna stick. We're gonna stick with Charlotte. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's stick with Charlotte. Okay. Right. Lee, what's a 39 year old thinking? Charlotte. Not even close. Like, is there a battle here? Is it a match? What's going on? 
I'm not gonna even lie. I don't even know who that other girl is. I don't even know who that other woman is. And I, I, honestly, I, I looked. I looked at her once, and, and deep inside, I kind of laughed, and I was like, "Not nah, Charlotte." <laughs> All right, let's try this All one. Right. Lee, you're up. Charlotte against Princess Victoria. What the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? What do you think, the old school. Close, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lee, I'm waiting on an answer. I'm going with Princess Victoria on this one. Oh, my God. Oh! Whoa! <laughs> oh! <laughs> what all right, let's move on. You're not that gonna, is, are you even going to ask me? Are you, no, I, no. Why would you even bother? Because I don't want, I don't want a chance that you no. go with Princess Victoria and then we got to carry on <laughs> the rest of the game with Princess Victoria. I don't want even chances. Yes. All right, There's next no up, and this is truly a tough one in my book. Jimmy, we'll start with you first. Charlotte Uh-oh. or Sky Blue? Oh, that's not close. Would you stop it? This is all about her ass to you. You cut that out. It's ridiculous. Lee? Not even, not even, not even close. Charlotte Lee, what do you think? Freaking mile. I mean, if we're going on looks, I'm going to say Sky Blue. Oof. Oh, this is getting, you know what? Getting I'm going with Sky Blue. Oh! Charlotte's out. She's out. I'm sorry. Sky Blue it Guys. is. Guys, oh. now, Lee, now I'm officially annoyed at you. What the, what was that all about? <laughs> what the hell? How can we eliminate Charlotte Flair over someone's butt cheeks? I know, this Sky is Blue's hot. By the way, Sky Blue will be at the big event. Um, all right, Good. Jimmy. Great. Liv yeah. Morgan or Sky Blue? Wow. You know what? If I don't know anything about either of them, I'm picking Sky Blue. Ooh. Lee? I'm still with Sky Blue. Man, Sky Blue is WWE material. I, for the men, Sky Dude. Blue is it. All right. Dude, last could, contestant. Wait a minute. This, this could turn out to be more controversial than when Jinder Mahal got the belt. This is getting <laughs> strange. Go ahead. All right. There's a challenge here. Lee, you're going to open up. Sky Blue or Maxine... Dupree. Uh-oh. We got to get Maxine up there, our producer. Yeah, where is I think, she? I think he's looking for a picture. All right, there he goes. He's bringing her up. There you go. What do you got, Lee? I mean, we're going off of looks, right? Yeah. She might not be the best wrestler, but... Maxine. Dupree. Jimmy? Dupree. I believe in underdogs. I'm going with Sky Blue. Oof. So the tough one's on me to make the final decision here. And this is very you tough. Vote. You better vote for the ass cheeks, you. Here's my problem, guys. <laughs> it's the what's in the back against what's up top, right? You know how perky Maxine is up there. and Oh, God. This um, is really wild. This is very tough. Um, I'm going with Maxine Dupree. I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I got to stick with Maxine Dupree. So fans could boo her, but Maxine Dupree is the ultimate champion. I think we're all happy with the decision. What do you think? I'm fucking miserable. Fuck that decision. <laughs> Fuck that. That was right. ridiculous. Guys, it's, Wrestle... anyway, so... it's WrestleMania season. 
We don't really know any of the matches, but I want to ask you guys honestly, what is the WWE going to do? Does Roman Reigns retain, or is Cody Rhodes going to carry on? Go ahead, guys. Lee, take it away. Well, we have two possibilities here. If Roman goes on and beats Cody, he's 100% passing Hogan's uh, reign. And that's like to what, September, October he's got to get to? And if that right. happens, I'm, I'm calling it right now, if that happens... The whole thing with Cody Rhodes and the finish, you're, you know, finishing his story, it's going to be a mockery. It's going to be a joke. Fans are going to be not interested in it if Roman Reigns wins. Like, they're not going to be interested in the Cody Rhodes story. I, I, that's my honest opinion because as a fan who was at WrestleMania 39 thinking that Cody was going to win, it didn't happen. Cool. Now I'm, I'm going to WrestleMania again, and I'm getting the same match over again. So if I have the same outcome, yeah, I'm going to be really not happy because WrestleMania tickets aren't cheap. If Cody wins, that's great. He finishes the story, I guess. But how do you keep Cody interesting enough as a face with all the heels chasing? Because it's always more interesting when the face chases the heel it's a lot less interesting when the heel chases the face. What do you think, Jim? Well, unfortunately, and you know I hate this because I, I love what Roman has been doing, but I agree with Lee. It doesn't make it won't make any sense. And I've I've look, we've seen before where the fans basically hold the company hostage over a booking decision. We've seen it with Daniel Bryan. In that case, I think it was correct. To have Daniel Bryan, you know, become champion all those years back, we've seen it with Kofi Kingston, which I thought was absolutely incorrect. And the and at that time, if I was the company, I would have been like, "F you!" At least we got Brock Lesnar coming out and giving us a little dose of reality when he came back and ripped that title away from Flat Chest in like a minute and a half, whatever it was. I don't even remember. You know, it, I feel like this is the case again, right now, where we have basically you give us Cody as champion or else. Um, I know you hate that, Mike. I hate it, too. However, I think that they're going to have to pull that trigger. I do think Cody is probably, unfortunately, going to win the title. Honestly, if you were going to do it at all, you should have done it last year. Uh, you will have a very, very angry crowd on your hands. I don't think that they're looking to be booed out of the building. Um, usually, in the past, more, much more often than not, the crowd is sent home happy. I think it's a good idea to do so. Is it giving in? Yeah, it is. It is giving in a little bit, you know. However, there's another double-edged sword here. If Roman somehow holds the belt, I don't want him to pass Hogan. I don't know if we've had that discussion, Mike. But yeah, we did. I don't want him. To pass, I don't want him to pass Hogan. I don't. He's not Hulk Hogan. He never will be Hulk Hogan. So to me, and let me tell you this: this is, and this is what I really think. And people are gonna really think I'm nuts if you didn't already. If he passes Hulk Hogan, let him pass Bruno. Screw it. Just let him hold it forever, you know, because he's on his way to holding it forever. And, I, again, I don't have a problem with that. I think Roman Reigns is great theater. I think the Bloodline script, is, it's not an accident that this has been going on for years. This is making a quadrillion dollars one way or the other. So, yeah, it's a very difficult conundrum that they're facing right now. 
It was brilliant to turn the rock heel, period. You can't have everybody just booing every week and cancel culturing the script, you know? So I do think that Cody's going to hold it. How long? I have no idea. I would, I would not think too long because this is going to run its course, and eventually Cody will be looked at like Bob Backlund, coming out in a suit, shaking everybody's hands, smiling at everybody. Boring! I mean, look at AEW, the company he founded, for God's sakes, they turned on him. They turned on him. I mean, the nerve of those fans, they turned on him. He built the damn thing so they could have an alternative, and they turned on him. What makes you think he's safe here? So, I'm with you, Mike. I want Roman to continue, but I, I don't think he's going to. I think the story gets finished, and then we open up a whole new story, whatever it may be. Lee, if you're running the WWE, do you go with Cody Rhodes or you stick with Roman Reigns? I honestly feel like you have no choice but to go with Cody Rhodes. Honestly. if Like I said, if you go the route of Roman winning, anything Cody does after Mania, no one cares. Honestly, I don't think anyone's going to care. His stock in the company will drop just because he lost again at WrestleMania. And they're going to, the company would try and push him and push him and push him. But at that point, it's not going to be believable. And the, like I said, the finish your story thing, that whole thing will be a joke. I mean, that's like my perspective. I don't know how anyone else feels, how you guys feel about it, but I feel like it would be a joke. Oh, Cody's going to finish the story this time. <laughs> really cool. Uh huh. I Bathroom just, break. I just personally think this is that it's a big risk taking that belt off of Roman Reigns. Wrestling, could it be fair that we all agree that wrestling has never been hotter or at least is at even pace with the Attitude Era? Could we at least say that? From a, from a business sense, you really can't you can't argue it. I mean, whether it was better than the Attitude Era is irrelevant. That's not what we're discussing here. You know, the bottom line is is, is that, look, at the Netflix contract, the sale, what it's worth now currently, what the wrestlers get paid currently, what, the, what they make at the gate, what they make with merchandise, stop it. I mean, financially, it's in an all-time high. Whether you love it more, it's irrelevant. Well, Jimmy, you're the first one to say it, though. And Big Tuna just weighed in, too. I honestly believe Seth Rollins is going to be the cause of Roman Reigns retaining the title. And he's going to turn heel. And, you know, he's going to be angry over losing to Drew McIntyre. And off we go. I mean, that's the way I go. Anyway, we're almost out of time. Lee, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time out with us. Um, Big fan of yours. Thank you again. Uh, Can you tell everybody where they can catch your show? Oh, I got a whole spiel for this. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us at YouTube at YouTube.com at Perched on the Top Rope or slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it, we're there. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope where we post all the news and some funny memes here and there related to professional wrestling. You can also find us... Instagram and threads at Perched on a Top Rope Podcast. You can find us on X at Perched Top Rope. And if none of that tickles your fancy, you can find us on TikTok. It's Perched on the Top Rope, where we do the recreation of Selena scenes 
using Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On because, after all, that makes everything in professional wrestling better, including Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32. And if you really don't like that, you can go to the TikTok. It's pinned and watch the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. You heard me correctly. <laughs> WCW is the Taskmaster getting humped by a dog. It's on my TikTok, perched on the top rope. Fans remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. Nice. Lee, thanks again. Uh, we had a great time. Jimmy, you want to send us out, please? You've been watching Monty and the Pharaoh, and we will be back shortly with another fabrific episode. Until then, later. We've got um, the last ring boy coming on at 9 a.m., uh, 9 p.m., so it should be very interesting. Lee, thanks again. See you shortly. Thank you.